This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. come expecting something tonight how many of you came believing that you were going to be receiving tonight look there I came to this side Joe write it down somewhere uh, no I don't always go to this side she is confused y'all don't listen to nothing that woman says I always talk to my right side I talk to you people all the time I even walked over there today and talked to him I'm going to talk to y'all. How's that? I'll go to the middle of the road and I won't get in trouble. How's that? But I'm excited. And uh, again, I'm going to tell you, I brought a teaching tonight. And it's a very good teaching. I'm sure of it. Until I got a hold of it this afternoon and started scribbling and drawing lines. And I said, Lord, you know, I work hard on these teachings. I type them. I color code them. I underline them. They're so pretty. And then I get here and I go, I don't know what any of that means. So I draw circles and put stars and I do all this stuff and I'm ready to teach and I'm ready to go. And then along comes God. <laughs> and I'm like, well, so what is it you really want me to say? And this is all I heard uh, initially was to tell them that when I went about teaching and preaching and healing, that I healed them all. And they brought people out to me. And if you read for yourself, just go read in the Gospels, find it for yourself. I'm not going to do all the work for you. Jesus said they would bring people, the lame the blind, the dumb, I don't think we're politically correct anymore, but the lunatics, hello, you know, every kind of sickness and disease you can name, and I mentioned this other night, sometimes if you look in the Bible, it says diver diseases. Anybody in here suffering from a diver disease? One. I got one person that's got a diver disease. You know what that means? They hadn't named it yet. They just had diseases and they didn't know what they were and they hadn't named them and they hadn't classified them and they hadn't done all the stuff that they do with sickness and disease today. But they brought all of them to Jesus and I like the one verse and it says that Jesus said, and they cast them at my feet. When was the last time you saw people coming forward when the ministry's going forth and the anointing's flowing and you know that Jesus is present and people are so eager to get to Jesus that they cast themselves at his feet, believing that the power of God is present to heal them all. I'm telling you tonight, Jesus told me to tell you that the healing power of God is present here tonight to heal them all. If they are willing, like my brother said, will you really hear? Will you really be focused? Will you really pay attention? How much do you really want to hear what God has to say about it all? And then what are you willing to do with it? I'm telling you, God's in the house. How many of y'all can tell it already? God is in the house tonight. Hello. Thank you, Lord. I know. I, I, I know, Lord. I know. He's here. And so I'm going to talk to you tonight because it's such an issue for the church. I love the song tonight. You know, get rid of the tradition. 
get rid of the religion. And it's going to play into my teaching later on tonight. It was perfect, perfect word. Sounds like same Holy Ghost talking to me. But if you've got your Bibles, you know what to do. And if you don't have it, what are you supposed to do? Look at your neighbor. Come on and say, don't be selfish now, share. And we're going to quickly, I'm going to try to move through this quickly uh, because nobody told me what time y'all had to go home and go to bed. So, uh, but I know what time I need to go home and go to bed. No, we're going to, can we just let God be God tonight? I'm telling you, I'm excited. I am so excited. It's, it's unbelievable. But in Matthew chapter 6, and we'll begin in verse 9. Um, this is Jesus. And he's in the garden. And uh, no, he's not in the garden. I'm sorry. But at any rate, I love it what, when he's talking to people about how to pray. And first of all, he says out of the Velda translation, ditch the vain repetitions. You know what those are? In verse 7, he's, Jesus said, when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do. Y'all know anybody that's got their little prayer book? And they just repeat the prayers over and over and over again. It is a vain repetition with no real intent or faith associated that this is a prayer that God himself is going to hear and answer. Hello, am I talking to the right group? I told y'all I wasn't going to talk to y'all then. Back to my middle group. Do you know what I'm talking about? Vain repetitions. Oh, Father God, we call upon you tonight. Jesus, hear our plea. Hear our plea. Hear our plea. Oh, Jesus, we beg of thee. You know, and they don't anymore know what they're saying or meaning. It's a vain repetition that they've heard somewhere over the years, through the time, somewhere, some religion some tradition taught them that was how to pray and then there's another and they're going to sit in the corner and go now Jesus oh sweet Jesus just hear my prayer that's all I ask Jesus if it be thy will please heal me that's vain repetitions that's religion that's tradition Jesus said don't do it look at your neighbor and tell him say don't do it <laughs> So he said, oh, they're just there. They, they just want to be heard for their much speaking. You ever seen anybody, they just pray and they pray and they pray till you fall asleep and you hope somebody's going to nudge you when they fight. Oh, I'm talking to the wrong crowd. I'm sorry. That would never happen here, I'm certain, right? But I mean, I know people like that. They pray and then they start over and they pray the same things they just started out praying because they've been praying so long they forgot what they prayed. Whew, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. But at any rate, Jesus said, if you found verse 9, see, I was just giving y'all some time to catch up. That's all. Jesus said, now listen. That's right there in the Belda translation. Now listen. In this manner, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed or holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts or our sins. As, say as. We forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation or testing. Deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever forever. Now there's lots of words that I could pull out of here right now, but the key is when Jesus prayed, he said, Father, your will. 
your will be done on earth exactly as it is in heaven. Let me remind you of a couple of things. There's no pain in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no death in heaven. There's no grief in heaven. There's no depression in heaven. So if it's on the earth and it is not the will of God because if you can't find it in heaven, it has no right being on earth. It's out of order with his will. Now you need to remember that. And so Jesus is saying, Father, your will be done. You know, one of those other religion and tradition things, I'm sorry, I just can't stand it. Joe said the other night, you know, people pray, well, God just needed another little rose in heaven. God just needed another angel in heaven. Do you know when you go to heaven, you don't get to be an angel? You still going to be you. Sorry, and you're not even going to get wings, much less a halo and a harp. I just burst some people's bubbles. They're already picking out their harp. And you know, and I don't know how to play a harp. Lauren, you would have to do that. But anyway, but this is the one that really gets me. Somebody's sick. You've been believing and standing for healing and, and, and doesn't manifest. It doesn't come. And believe it or not, they go home to be with Jesus. And this is what we hear. It's okay. They got their healing when they got to heaven. And I told him, I said, that's a lie from the pit of hell. You're not going to get healed in heaven. And they look at me like, oh, they're just going to be sick through all eternity. No, they're not. Let me tell you what. When you dropped off that earth suit and you dropped off sickness and disease and affliction and diver diseases and fell on the earth because sickness and disease can't go into heaven to get healed in the first place. So you go walk through the gates healed when you get there. Somebody ought to shout, thank you, Jesus. But why not just go ahead and get it while you're here since it's the will of God. Amen? Amen? So how do we know? Listen, one more word here. And the glory forever. Do you know what that word forever means? It has two different names or two different meanings. In the Old Testament, it refers to eternal, never ending, and never changing. But in the New Testament, it means the final will. This is the final will of God, and he's not going to change his will ever. The Bible, I could put it this way, this is God's last will and testament. You ever heard of a last will and testament? And so God made this will and this testament with man, but then he revealed the contents through Jesus. And so as Jesus began to move and go about, he did the will of the Father. He was the living incarnate word of God. So he was the will of God in action. He was the testifier of God's will and purposes. So he was the testament of God. Oh, y'all ought to be more excited about this than you are. Come on. And so then when Jesus said, pray thy will be done, he already knew the will of the Father. And he could only do that which was in accordance with the Father's will. You never saw Jesus go about making thou sick. He never took all the healed and made them sick. He took all the sick 
and made them healed because that was the will of the Father and he came to fulfill the will of the Father in the earth exactly as it would be done in heaven because Jesus himself said, look, I don't go anywhere except where the Father tells me to go. I don't do anything except what Father God tells me to do. I don't even say anything except what Father tells me to do. So if he went about teaching and preaching and healing, he was carrying out the will of the Father every step on every moment of the way. That's why when you hear, oh, mercy's sake, people pray, thy will be done. You know what I know? They don't know the will of the Father. They haven't read the will. They don't know what's included in it. And so we have to come back and recall that human life is so precious to God. And he loves us so much. And it is God's will for you. I love Jeremiah 29, 11. And the Lord says, I know the plans I have for you. Or in other words, I know my will for you. Plans to prosper you, not harm you, and to give you a hope and a future. Listen, people are losing hope every day and they think they have no future. It's a lie straight out of the pit of hell because God has already said, I've got a hope and a plan for you and a future already created. And let me tell you, it is already recorded in heaven. It is written down. It is like going to the courthouse looking for a land deed. It's already filed and written down. God's already indeed got a plan for your life, a future for your life. It is to do you good, not do you harm, to give you hope. Come on, young people. The world is trying so hard to take your hope, but God is your hope. And you press into him and you search him and you ask him, what is your plan for my life? I can't help what the world's telling me. I will be who you've called me to be. And I will do what you've called me to do. And that's worth a shout glory to God. Amen. And so we continue on in this. And I want you to remember what I just said. There is a will recorded in heaven for your life. Now, whether or not the will is being carried out really is not up to God. It's up to us and how we cooperate with God. How, like our brother said, how we hear God. Do we listen to God? Are we too distracted by the things going on around us? But there is a will exercised on earth. It's called man's will. It's called our free will, and it is not always, and in fact, is seldom in conjunction or in alignment with the will of God. God created us as free will agents. Like I told you today, God won't make you receive anything. He won't make you get saved. He won't make you get healed. He won't make you be prosperous. If you're bound, bent, and determined to buy a poverty mentality, then just stay broke. But as far as me, <laughs> my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. And last time I checked, he's pretty rich. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. So every day presents a choice of which will we will follow. The will of God or our self-will and the will of man. Jesus 
again was born as a man. So Jesus was created or born as a free moral agent. Jesus had a free will, just like every other human being. The difference was that he chose to give it up and yield to the will of the Father and to be totally committed to carry forth the will of the Father. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Come on now. When Jesus, knowing he's facing the cross, he knows where he's headed. He knows what's about to happen. And he prayed to the Father and said, Lord, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. But not my will, but thy will be done. Where was he when he prayed that? I just told you. Where? Where was he headed? Was he on his way to a healing meeting? Was he on his way to raise the dead? No. Was he on his way to make the lame walk, the dumb speak, the deaf hear? No. He was headed to the cross of Calvary, and that is the only time Jesus asked if it was possible, could the cup pass from him or the will of the Father be changed? But then he said, never mind. Thy will be done. So when you hear people praying, now, Father, if it be thy will, heal them. Well, what are you going to say if it's not his will? Then kill them. I mean, you only got two ways to go. Amen? So you've got to know religion and tradition have blocked and stopped so many people from receiving their healing because a lie has been presented because if it be thy will. They do not know the will of God. They have not read the will. So Jesus is a free moral agent. But he yielded his will to the Father. But he knew the will of the Father in every situation, including this situation. And that's why he was willing to say, never mind. Your will, not my will, be done. Jesus was the executor of the Father's will. In other words, he was the one to act on the behalf of another, on on the behalf of the Father. He was here to execute the Father's will. Anybody in here ever heard of having a will? Some of y'all may even have a will. I don't know. (laughs) And you put in the will what you want done with your possessions, your property. You decide who you want to consider as your heirs or your benefactors or beneficiaries. That's it. That's the word. And so here we go. But Jesus knew the Father's will. He had read the will, so to speak. He had been in charge of dispersing the benefits and the blessings of God, as we can read in Psalms 103. And Jesus had this responsibility was to assure that everyone receives that which was intended for them. He was to present it to them, but he could not make them receive it. Come on. I I have a situation right now, been going on for what, Jean, 10 plus years? uh, Someone we knew left her will, last will and testament. She wrote out what was to go to each of her three children. First guy took his money and ran. Last two kids, to this day, they are still fighting over the will. 
And they basically spent the entire inheritance paying it to lawyers to fight the will and contest the will. How many of us have wasted years fighting over and contesting the will of God? Is it thy will to heal or not, Father? If it be thy will, heal them. Wasted time, wasted benefits, come on. All because we want to fight and argue over a will. But we have to remember, Jesus is the agent of the Father's will and he will carry it out specifically as it was stated to whoever will believe and receive it. A will is an agreement for disposing, dispensing, or giving out of one's property or possessions or benefits to others. A will is a volition, a capability of conscious choice. God made a conscious choice to give out healings, blessings, deliverance, prosperity, all of those. It was his conscious will and choice, and he put it in his will. It was his decision or his intention. It was fixed. It was determined. It was on purpose. He said, I want to bequeath or confer on all of my children these benefits and blessings. It was a declaration of his heart's desire. Now, you need to remember that. That that father's will came out of his heart's desire to bless his children. And then there's the testament. It's a covenant. It is a promise, a contract, a pledge, a written statement. It is a legal document. Old Testament, New Testament is a legal document. Come on. You have a legal right to everything you can find in here because God is a covenant-keeping God. God never breaks covenant. We don't even understand covenant in our society today. You know, I I just won't go down that path, but we don't. But the Bible, again, is God's word, and it's his will. It's heart's desire for his gifts to be given to those who chooses. And he chooses those who loves, and God is love, so he loves all of us. He wants us to be blessed. He wants us to receive everything that was left in the will to us. Hallelujah. He's not holding back any gift because he's not going to change his will. See, that's the problem. People will go and change their will if they get mad at you, they don't like you, they disown you, they throw you out, they change the will, too bad, too sad, you lose. But God will never change his will or his testament. Wow. It was written down. Here's the next kicker. He wrote it down so we could read it and know what was available to us. He didn't lock it away in a safe someday and say, you'll find out one day. When you get to heaven, you'll find. No. He put it down. It was there for us. And so we have to remember. But what happens when someone comes along and contests a will? Or tries to break a will. Or tries to change a will. They'll do it. I just told you about a situation. They fight every few months. They're back in court. Change the will. Change the will. Change, contest the will. Contest the will. Oh, here lawyer, 10,000 more dollars. Here lawyer, 10,000 more dollars. We'll be back in a few months and we'll fight some more to change it. But here's the point. You can change a will if you really try. 
But you can never change the heart's desire of the one who pre-recorded their intents. Y'all, religion and tradition has fought to change the will of God for hundreds of years. But it's never changed the heart of God one bit. Wow. People say healing's not for today. They didn't well change, read the will of God. In John 3, verse 1, um, in chapter 1, verse 2, Beloved, I desire, that's a heart's desire, that is an eternal desire, above all things that you prosper or be successful and be in health. Health is more than the mere absence of sickness and disease and pain and suffering. Health is wholeness, completeness, a sense of soundness, a state of homeostasis, if you want to go that far. Amen. Glory. It's everything in perfect balance and harmony. Everything in perfect balance and harmony. That is health. It's when we are pulsating with the Zoe life of God. Woo, mercy. That's a will I want to get in on the benefits and the blessings from. How about you? So, and remember that James said every good and perfect gift comes on down from the Father. So he's not withholding it. God is not withholding your healing. You're just not receiving it. You may have blocks and stops and hindrances. And most of them are located between your two ears. You've had false teachings, false doctrine, false theology. And it's time to erase the board and rewrite it in accordance with the word and the will of God Almighty. But we got to be willing to let go of old things in order to reach out and take the new things. Let go of the bitterness. Let go of the resentment. Let go of the unforgiveness. Let go of the self-pity. Let go of it's been too long, too hard, too difficult. Come on. Let it go. You remember the song? Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Y'all didn't know I could sing, did you? <laughs> You're blessed. <laughs> but anyway. Here it is. It, that is what the Father wants for us. I love this scripture, and I felt really compelled to read it to you tonight. Jeremiah 29, uh, 30. Well, actually, I've pulled it up too soon, but we're going to read it anyway because I want to give it to you. In Jeremiah 30, verse 17, most of you who use the King James Version, you know that old joke. Hello, the one Jesus used. And it wasn't even written till hundreds of years after Jesus walked the face of the earth. He used the Torah in case you don't know it. Oh, help us, Lord. But it says, for I will. What did it say? I will. I will. It's my will. It's my choice. It's my decision. Decision. It's my heart's desire to restore health unto thee. And I will heal thee. I will. And God's not going to change his will. I will do it. I will heal thee, saith the Lord. But listen to it out of the message translation. Glory. As for you. As for you, 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 as for you, I'll come with healing, curing the incurable, 
because they all gave up on you and dismissed you as hopeless. Isn't that one of the most powerful scriptures you've ever heard? Because they all gave up on you. But God didn't give up on you. They dismissed you as hopeless. But God did not dismiss you. You're still in the will. That is shouting grounds, people. Do you know how many times I've seen this? When I've seen the brain dead get up. When I've seen the hospice patients call the hospice company and say, come pick up the equipment, it's not needed anymore. And they come expecting for the coroner or whoever to be taking the body out as they're taking the equipment out. Instead, it's the patient healed and made whole. Nothing's broken, missing, or lacking anymore. Everybody gave up on them, dismissed them as hopeless. But God did not dismiss them. I'm the girl that saw my own mother. We've even lost track. I don't even know anymore. I don't even try to tell mama's miracle stories anymore. But for a hard, cold fact, I know four times she came back from the dead. I've seen others raised from the dead. I've seen the lame walk. I've seen the blind see. I've seen the deaf hear. Come on, I've seen the people that needed heart transplants, liver transplants, lung transplants, and all of a sudden God created a new one in them because it's his will that you be whole. Nothing broken, nothing missing, nothing out of place. Hallelujah. I had a lady one night, Pastor Kennedy and I were doing a healing explosion, and this woman starts walking forward. We don't care if you get up and walk, come. And just right there in the middle of the service, she started walking forward. And she gets up to us and she said, I just want you to know I came with a broke leg. We said, well, you walking pretty good for a broke leg. She said, you hadn't seen nothing yet. And she took off running. Our, our sanctuary is huge if you've ever been there. It's what, four times this? And she took off running around the sanctuary and came back and she said not bad for somebody that needed a heart lung transplant is it <laughs> Woo! God never changed his will here I'll give her a new heart here I'll give her new lungs here I'll give it I've seen it I'm the one that had the woman come to the healing center. And she said to me one day, she brought her husband that had had cancer and went into kidney failure and then went into heart failure. And then on top of that, he wasn't well. And so she brought husband every day. And one day she came in and she said, oh, by the way, Velda, I no longer need a heart transplant. <gasps> I almost needed 911 for me. Because remember, I was a heart transplant nurse. And I said, You needed a heart transplant. You've been in my building, and I didn't know you were a potential transplant recipient. I didn't know at any minute your heart could quit and you'd keel over dead on me. How dare you do that to me? I didn't really say that, but I did think it. I came close. And she said, yes. She said, but since I've been bringing my husband here and I learned that it was the will of God for me to be healed and I've been listening to the word of God and I believe the word of God and I receive the word of God, I went back to my doctor the other day and they said, I don't need a heart transplant anymore and I don't need to be on all those medications I was on anymore. My heart is perfect. 
now listen. Quit putting God in a box. Find out his will. If you don't know, ask him and he'll say, it's right here. Read it. And we have to remember, God does not change. Malachi 3.6, God does not change. He is El Olam. Are any of y'all familiar with the term El Olam? I'm so good at knowing the names of God. I've got a book out there on the redemptive names of God. I've studied the names of God. And not too long ago, I found a new name of God, El Olam. He's the eternal God. He's the God of time, past, present, future. He is just the everlasting God of all time. And I was so excited. I was running around telling everybody, have you heard about El Olam? Do you know El Olam? And one of the girls that works with me in the healing center is looking at me. She said, where'd you find that? I said, well, I don't know. I was just reading and studying and looking up like I do. And I came across it. And here's the name of God, El Olam, past, present, future, eternal God, unchanging God. Oh, I'm so excited. And I said, why are you looking at me funny? She said, looking back of you. And I have this big painting in my office, and it's the covenant names of God. Number four, on the right-hand side, El Olam. <laughs> I said, has it been there the whole time? She said, yes. I was like, okay. So at any rate, I, got to, I know I'm trying to rush. I really am. But I want y'all so bad to get this. I want you to hear it. Leave here changed and different. God never changes his word, never changes his will, never changes. It is recorded eternally in heaven. That's what it says in Psalms 119. His word is settled in heaven forever. God will never go back on his word. Ever. He won't go back on his will. Ever. He is just the same. He wants that abundant life for us that Jesus talked about in John 10.10. Jesus was the agent of the Father's will to act on our behalf to assure us we received all of our benefits and blessings. It's not just salvation. Thank God for salvation. But the word salvation, you know, comes from sozo. That means healing, deliverance, hello, divine protection and provision. Woo! You got a package deal going. You ought to receive all of your benefits and all of your blessings. Listen, as the Father's agent... The agent of Father God's will, Jesus had a moral obligation and still has a moral obligation to carry out the express will of the Father. Jesus is not going to refuse to heal anyone now. He didn't he refuse when he walked on the face of the earth. He's not refusing now. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how bad you've been. Someone asked Lester Summerall one time, anybody of y'all know Lester Summerall? There was a healing meeting going on and all of these people had come from near and far and, you know, the, the outcasts, the in-casts, <laughs> you know, the up and out, the down and out, the, all of them. Didn't matter. And they were just getting healed all over the place and somebody got offended. Isn't that like church people? They got offended. How, how can they be getting healed? And Lester Summerall looked at him and he said, um, everybody Jesus healed was a sinner. And they're like, what? 
He said, no, none of them had been born again yet. They were all sinners. And he healed them, every one. You do not have to be good enough for Jesus to heal you. All you got to do is release your faith in him and believe him and trust him and say, here I am, Lord, in the need of your healing power to pulsate through me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Right now, Jesus, I believe that your, oh, yes, Jesus, I feel it right now. Your, your power is flowing through me right now. It's touching me. Jesus is in the house. Jesus is moving. Jesus is touching. The power of God is moving. He said, I'm going to touch that shoulder that's all but been frozen and in pain. If you'll begin to move your shoulder now, you'll see that it's working much better. And the pain's leaving you. Come on. Participate. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. Act on the word. Genuine faith always requires a corresponding action. Jesus is in the house. He's going to see if you'll take him at his word or not. Hallelujah. Healing power is available to anyone. If they will believe and receive. Jesus isn't picking and choosing. He is not a respecter of persons. He's only a respecter of your belief system. Come on. Oh my goodness. Jesus went around delivering people. Remember what it says in Acts 10.38. How God appointed and anointed him to go about what? Healing and delivering all oppressed of who? The devil. Don't you know, it's like a spit in the face of the devil every time somebody receives their healing. You know, he thought he had Jesus. Oh, that's another whole teaching. But he thought he had him. At the whipping post, thought he had him when they nailed him to the cross on Golgotha. Thought he had him when they sealed him in a tomb. Thought he had him when he descended into hell. And do you know when he got to hell there he was thrown to the demons to torture him. To pull and tug and, and rip at him. He was there to pay for the sin of every one of us. And there he withstood all of that pain and suffering and torment and humiliation day and night for those three days he was there. And then suddenly a voice came forth. My son, in whom I'm well pleased, it's time. Rise up now. And with that, Jesus threw off the demons. And with that, I, I used to teach this wrong. I said he went to the enemy and he walked over to him. Can you see Satan shaking and quaking and in fear as Jesus starts to walk to him, towards him and he thought he had him for good this time? He was never going to get out of hell, but Jesus is up. Jesus is walking and Jesus is talking. And I used to say, and Jesus went over and snatched the keys of hell and death from him. But that's not true. The Lord corrected me. The devil was so glad to get rid of him, he threw him the keys. <laughs> and said, be gone. Get out of here. As my little granddaughter says, shoo, shoo. It was over. And Jesus publicly humiliated him. And so now, he thinks, if I can get them to buy my lies, my deceits, and my deceptions, and they can stay in pain and suffering, and they don't know the will of the Father, and they won't get it, I can, oh, I can get even with Jesus. And you say, no, 
I know it's the will of the Father. And by the stripes of Jesus Christ, I'm healed and I'm made whole. I'm redeemed from the curse of sin, sickness, disease, and death. And it's like you spit in the devil's face. Glory to God. You know, but we've seen it through the years. If you got time, go with me to Luke. Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and look at John. <laughs> Let's go over to Luke chapter 13. I love this account. Luke 13. Ooh, are y'all getting anything out of this or am I just having fun up here by myself? Because I'm having a good time. I'm here to tell you. I remind you again, the Old Testament was a covenant. And Jesus came to fulfill that covenant, right? And God is a covenant-keeping God. And so then when we get over here in Luke, and we begin to read in verse 10, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, say, uh-oh, here we are, teaching on a Sunday night. Oh, my, I hope God don't get too mad and upset with us tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sabbath is on Friday night and Saturday. We're good, right? <laughs> uh, if you don't know anything about Jewish history, that won't bother you. But any rate, and behold, there was a woman who had had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. And she was bowed over, bent together, and could in no way raise herself up. Who wants to be my demonstrator? One of you young girls, come here. You, you, yeah, yeah, come here, come here. It's Michaela. Michaela, come here, sweetie. Your acting career is about to begin. <laughs> be sitting in the synagogue, bent over, bent over, bent. There you go. You can't get up either. You're stuck there. Been that way for eight. How old are you? 24. Oh, my. And you've been this way for 18 of your 24 years. Think you'll be stiff? Think you'll be sore? I think you will, too. Just stay there for a while. It'll be all right. So here's this woman bowed over for 18 years, and she cannot straighten up. She can't move. And then Jesus is over here trying to teach these hard-headed religious folks something. Come on. And then he discerns the presence of this woman in the back of the church. And he's drawn towards her. Nobody pointed her out. No deacon deked and said, there she is. Come on, no usher ushed and said, come to her. No preacher preached and said, do you think you can help our dear sister here? No, they just left her over there. She'd been that way for 18 years. They hadn't done anything about it before. Why bother now? How many of y'all have been in church for years and nothing was ever said or told to you about healing? Spent half my life in a church that didn't believe in nothing about healing, didn't teach it, didn't preach it, sure didn't act on it. Come on. And so then Jesus saw her. And Jesus called to her. Woman been over for 18 years, come here. Uh-uh, you can't straighten up. You think you got problems. Oh, no, baby, you got to come just like you are. 
I hope you ain't got on a short tail skirt at church today. Oh, you're walking way too fast. Go back and do it again. <laughs> Woman, bend over. Come. Now, now think about it. She can't see where she's going. All she can see is the floor. She can't see anything ahead of her because she can't lift herself up in any way. She's in bad shape. Do you think it hurts to walk? Any of y'all ever had bad back pain and you were in this position? And you tried to move and with every time you tried to move, the muscles spasm, the pain increased. This is what this woman's experiencing with every step she tries to take. But it says that Jesus said, you come here. You come here. How bad do you want your healing? Are you willing to come here? And she, don't lift your head up again. <laughs> and so Jesus has her to begin to come to him. And finally she gets close enough. Slowly she turned. <laughs> step by step. Inch by inch. And Jesus goes over to her. And he says, woman, thou art loosed. And she sprung up, healed, and made whole. Good job, Amy. Can you imagine what that felt like after 18 years of pain and suffering? And everybody was excited and shouting and praising God and giving God glory until... The leader of the synagogue, the religious one, the traditional one. And this is what it says that he answered Jesus with indignation because Jesus, this is out of the Belda translation, <laughs> because Jesus had the audacity to carry out the Father's will on the Sabbath day, which is God's day. How dare you do the Father's will on the Father's day? Mad. I've left her that way for 18 years and you show up over here showing yourself off, getting her healed just like that. Who do you think you are? And I love Jesus. You know sweet Jesus. Sweet baby Jesus. Uh-huh. And Jesus, this man says, look, there are six days of the week you can heal people, but not on the Sabbath. No, 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 no. And Jesus looked at him, and I love these words. He said, you low down, no count, sorry, skunk dog of a hypocrite. <laughs> That's what it says in my Bible. What's it say in yours? <laughs> you don't believe it any more than I do that Jesus said, thou hypocrite. No, Jesus called it like he saw it. And Jesus, oh, I can just see the righteous indignation in Jesus. And he says, listen to me. Did not every one of you go out on the Sabbath day and loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? Now, Ought not, this is where it ties in, listen to me. Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, 
What did that make her? A daughter of covenant. Ought not this woman whom Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day? In other words, the Valder translation, you idiot. <laughs> Jesus wouldn't have said it, but that's why I'm not Jesus. <laughs> you idiot. She is a child of God. She has the covenant. The will and the covenant promises of God Almighty. Why would she not get healed on the Sabbath, the Lord's day? And yet we have churches that way now. Oh, we don't believe in that healing stuff in our church. We don't teach healing in our church. Do you know that I had, oh, you're going to love it. I had a Baptist preacher come to the healing center the other week. You know what he had? Back problems. Severe back pain for 22 years. And we started trying to teach him what the word of God said. And that God didn't want him like that. And God wanted him healed. And that that pain wasn't really his. It belonged to the enemy that had put it on him. And he got livid. And told us off and marched himself out the door. And said, you're not going to tell me I have back problems. That I don't have back problems when I know good and well I do. I've had them for 22 years. And I said, you're going to keep them 22 more, but okay. I didn't say it. I did not say it. <laughs> but they're still doing it today. Healing's not for today. Healing's passed away. Oh, just pray, pray, pray. If it be thy will, if it be thy will, if it be thy will. When are we going to wake up and know what is the will of God? That's my question to you tonight. When are you going to wake up? When are you going to continue to listen to the hypocrites that tell you you're not good enough? You haven't done enough. You've got to earn your healing. Come on. But Jesus, thank God. Thank God. It says in Romans 10 and verse 8 that if we will confess Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, that we will be saved. And we've already talked about that is sozo. We will have total, complete salvation that includes healing and deliverance, divine protection, divine provision to be uh, well preserved. I like that one. <laughs> And to be brought through safely. Whatever you're going through, God's going to bring you through safely if you will believe it's his will for you. See, Jesus could not and would not heal unless there was a belief system in place. That's why he couldn't heal in his own hometown. That's why you can, oh, oh, I'm going to meddling. You can hold a healing meeting in your own church and half the people that are sick aren't here tonight. Oh, it's just another meeting at the church. Am I, am I talking truth? I see it in our own church. Won't come to the healing center. Want to wait till there's a healing line, run up there, get prayed over, go back, sit down, come back the next time. I am really meddling. Lord, Holy Ghost duct tape, please. Moving on. Healing, 
when Jesus went about teaching, preaching, and healing, and delivering all, say that word, all, that were oppressed of the enemy, the word says it brought glory to God. I don't know about you, but I know about me. I want to be a part of that greater works that Jesus said we could do that will be bringing glory to the Father. Oh, it's an abomination to insult God and believe he's no longer the healer when his covenant name is Jehovah Rapha. How dare you say, well, I don't know if healing's for me. When You remember the song when he was on the cross? He thought about you. He thought about me. I told Joe today that, well, I didn't tell her the whole story, but I'll tell y'all because I'm going to hush now. If you believe that, you can put money in my pocketbook. It'll be okay. I hope some of y'all are still looking for money. You know, never can tell. And, um, but any rate, a while back, I woke up one morning. God often speaks to me in songs. He tells me don't sing them, but he speaks to me. <laughs> and I woke up hearing a song I hadn't heard in probably 15 to 20 years. And I almost called today to see if Lauren knew it. And then I thought, oh, Lord, she's way too young. Called What a Healing Jesus. That's the title of it. What a Healing Jesus I Found in You. And I woke up hearing that song, and I said, oh, Lord, I haven't heard that song in so many years. And then I even remember who sang it, a guy by the name of Del Way. Anybody in here ever heard of Del Way out of Texas? Still got a church in Texas? And so I called up this friend of mine, and I said, Missy, she's got a beautiful voice, and she should have come this weekend, but she couldn't. But anyway, I said, uh, and I treat her like my daughter. She says I'm her spiritual mama, so I boss her around like I'm mama. You know, hey. I said, uh, we're having a healing conference in two weeks, and you've got an assignment. She said, okay, what do you want me to do? I said, you're going to sing this song, What a Healing Jesus. She said, I've never heard of it. I said, it's by Del Way. She said, I've never heard of it. I said, listen, none of that is my problem. <laughs> It's your problem. You go find Del Way. You go listen to that song. You get the music to it. You get the words to it. And in two weeks, you will sing it at the healing service. Y'all, she did it because she's smart enough to be obedient to mama. <laughs> when she began to sing that song, oh, my word, the power of God. I just taught on this woman with the issue of blood. And then we begin to sing what a healing Jesus I found in you. Oh, and the presence of God began to fill the place. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever, stepped into the room. And he said, I'm here to bring gifts of healing afresh and anew to each and every one of you. I will minister to you. I will touch you. I will heal you. I will deliver you. I will protect you from the snare of the fowler even. You can leave this place differently than you came in if you will simply allow me to begin. I'm going to walk now, he says. I'm going to walk now. I'm going to walk now. I'm going to see who's ready. 
who's willing, whose faith is rising up, who's ready to claim their healing, who's ready to run and cast themselves at my feet, and I will heal thee, I say, because you must understand I am the same today as I was yesterday, and I'm the same tonight as I will be in the near coming future and in the far going future. It doesn't matter, for my power and my might is the same. God is in the house. The healing power of God is in the house. God's waiting on you. You decide what you want to do. If you want to come and believe and receive, you can come. Can we get this moved, please, Pastor? Thank you. You hadn't learned that song by now, have you? <laughs> you can find it on YouTube, you know. <laughs> I'm serious now. I really feel like what a healing Jesus. What a healing Jesus. Y'all, he's so here. I, I so see him just moving gently and sweetly. He's ready to minister to you. He's ready to touch you. I think we've even got some anointing oil so we can make it official. Where where'd it go? Here we are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I tell you what, I'm not going to call you out. This is going to be between you and God tonight. And you say, well, I don't want to go up there. What will they think of me? They'll think that you've come to cast yourself at the feet of Jesus and receive what God's got for you. Is there anybody willing? Here's one. Joe, come here. There's another. If you're willing, come forward. Pastor. Join us. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Rob, come join us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All I'm asking you, thank you, Lord, is not limit him. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.